Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux. We're going to be talking about men's health. We're going to be talking about a unique approach to change the game up in the world of healthcare. And before we get into all of that, I want to give a big, wonderful thanks to the lovely sponsors that make this show possible each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Currency Bank, Government Taco, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, and Mallard Bay Outdoors. Without further ado, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having us here. Absolutely. I'm excited. Happy to be here, man. Looking forward to learn a little bit about men's health and about what y'all are doing um, and within y'all's practice. So for those that aren't aware, who are you? Well, I am Curtis Chastain. I grew up in Baton Rouge. Been here my whole life. Went to Catholic High, went to LSU, LSU Medical School in Shreveport, and then I trained at Oxner in internal medicine and came back home. And I've been working for Our Lay of the Lake for 29 years now. And uh, my emphasis has been preventive medicine. I got about 10 years into my medical career and realized that my, my wife hates it when I say this, but taking care of sick people just got to be sort of, I asked myself, why? Why are we taking care of sick people when we could find that person who is going to get sick and prevent that sickness from happening? And we can talk more about it later on, yeah. but it, 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 was a, it was a change in my life after about 10 years of practicing medicine that brought me to this point right now. Right. It's either waiting for the check engine light to come on in the car or doing a good oil change every five to 8,000 miles. Boy, you said it exactly correctly. And by, sometimes it's too late. We're hoping to, that's why we're here. We're hoping to educate men and their wives that we don't want to wait until the engine light comes on. The time to do that. I mean, face it, and, and look, we read a lot Men get a bad rap for taking care of themselves. You read it all over the place. Men are horrible. They don't take care of themselves. You know, they don't do a good job. And there's literature all over the place. Men, I mean, women actually live five years longer than, than men do. And they've said the reason is is because men don't do a great job taking care of themselves. Why? Well, men are, don't like to be vulnerable. Men are afraid of what we might find. We were told when we were growing up, hey, rub some dirt in it. Get in there. Don't complain. You know, so men are, are honestly not amenable to going in and getting something checked out. But they'll bring their car. They'll bring the lawnmower. They'll sure bring the lawnmower. their four-wheeler. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I believe in... Uh, and, and, my colleague here, Tyler Boudreaux, believes men have gotten a bad rap on this. And without being too disparaging, the business, let's just talk about the business model of medicine today has gotten very convoluted, very complex. It's very difficult to get an appointment. You've got to wait a long time to get an appointment. Once you get to the doctor's office, you usually have to wait in the waiting room for a period of time, hours sometimes. Here's what, I hear, here's what I want to tell you. The business model of medicine is not conducive to the typical male's business life. Oh, 100%. You just can't take off four hours to go to the doctor's office. It's very difficult for the, for the typical male who's busy. Yeah, and it's tricky for them to not only wait, but also to schedule the appointment and going through all of that. So it, it, before we get deep into that, Tyler, what is your background? So like Curtis, um, I grew up in Baton Rouge, went to St. Michael's and to LSU, LSU New Orleans for training, medical school. Actually did residency at Our Lady of the Lake. And so about half of my residency was pure COVID. And so whenever it hit in <laughs> April of 2020, there going forward, it was just COVID and seeing all the ramifications of that, the downstream effects of that. And so a lot of my training was in the inpatient side of things, in the, the hospital. Didn't get as much clinic. You know, our, um, our staff, Dr. Dr. Johnson, did a great job of running the clinic. We transitioned to telemedicine. I didn't get to experience that as much. So what motivates me today, having been out of residency, is people who are motivated to come see me and to do those preventative screenings and to follow up on themselves. And so... I'm very much happy to have transitioned from the inpatient side of things 
out to the outpatient side of things that can see people in the clinical perspective, get to know people, help get a game plan going forward of what things we need to look out in the future and what do we need to address. So what is the difference between inpatient versus outpatient? So inpatient, whenever we say that term, Curtis and I, that's really hospital medicine. So whenever a patient is admitted to the hospital, they have a, a rip-roaring infection, something like that. That's the hospital side of things. Outpatient is the clinic. Whenever you're well or you have an inf- a illness that you're not sick enough to go to the hospital for, we take care of in the clinic. So that's the outpatient world. Yep. Gotcha. So what what is the clinic? What is it? Do we're talking about the difference between the medical billings and all that stuff and how it's so convoluted and just changed over time. What do y'all do? We talked about the business model of medicine being very complex and the average male has a difficult time functioning in that business model, but just because you just don't have four hours. So you can either try to change a man's attitude, try to make him change, or you do what what Tyler and I have done is we, we just change the business model. And that has worked. Our business model is is focused on access. I call it extreme access. Our model is a business is a membership model, no different than a hunting camp, a health club, a country club. We're very used as men. We're used to doing that. You buy into a hunting camp, or you buy into a, a you know, it's a membership based model. You pay an annual fee. You can pay it monthly. You can pay it uh, the entire month. But what we promise you is extreme access. You call, we answer. There is no voice message. We have a, our nurses have a, a phone with a, and you can text. So Patrick, you're, uh, you're going out of town and you left your blood pressure medicine at home. I don't know if you have high blood pressure or not. I'm just making this up. <laughs> you're sitting on the airplane and you go, oh my God, I left my blood pressure medicine at home. You text our nurse and say, help, I left my blood pressure medicine at home. Our nurses text you back within five minutes and say, where are you going? I'm going to Phoenix, found a Walgreens next door, calling it in there, done. Takes, you know, uh, we, we get this all the time. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going fishing. I need those patches called in. No problem. You don't have to come in. So what, we, what we're doing is giving them extreme access. And once a year, we want face-to-face annual physical where we draw blood ahead of time so when we meet – not unlike a financial planner, we're looking at all your data. We do your annual physical exam. We look at your health maintenance items. We give you your immunizations, set up your colonoscopy. And when you walk out of that office after your annual physical with us, we've got an 80% chance that you don't have to physically come back to this office for a year. Why? Because 80% of all primary care issues things that you could dream up, sinus infection, bronchitis, whatever, we can handle over the phone, by email, by text message. That's the membership privilege. You don't have to leave your office to come to the doctor's office after we get that annual physical because we know you so well. That's the business model. Yeah, it's that one-to-one relation, avoiding all the waiting rooms, avoiding all the headaches of Planning it, scheduling it, it's simple, easy access. And instead of the, the traditional primary care physician, and again, it's, this, is not to, this is not to say anything bad right, about right, right. our colleagues. This is what you do. This is just the way we changed it. The typical, and, and at one point in my career, I had 3,000 patients. You had 3,000 patients? I had 3,000 patients. Most primary care physicians have between 2,500 and 3,500 patients. How do you get to all of them? Well, but that's... It's the way it works in, in the traditional business model. Together, Tyler and I have 480 patients. So we get to know them well. We get to know their families. We get to know their children. We know where they went on their vacation this year. So we have a much more, and we spend at least 30 to 40 minutes during each visit. And we have fun. It's a great time. Yeah, you get that intimacy level of we know each other now. We're right. not just my doctor. I don't just see you every now and again. I, you don't look at my chart on the way in to figure out what's wrong with me or what's happening. You walk in and say, oh, yeah, what what ha- what has changed since the last time we met? Here's where you were. Have you done this? Have you done that? Has this popped back up? Has this gone through? Where are we, where are we looking at? It's a progression that you can see because of that relationship. It's not unlike 
their financial planner. It's not unlike their attorney, not unlike their CPA or whatever they have relationships with. It's the same thing. We are part of their team. We're part of their, their team. And our job, our goal as physicians is to look for things that are trying to trip them up. Everybody's searching for, hey, I want to live as long as I possibly can with the highest quality of life. Hey, we're all in for that. How do we do that? You got us on your team. We're going to be looking for the health issues. Your financial planner is going to look for your wealth issues that are trying to disrupt you. And frankly, it's hard to have a wealth pathway trying to you know, get to the retirement thing without having your health at the same time. Because you know people, everybody in this room knows people that have had great intentions of living a long time, making a lot of money, and then, boom, at age 50, they get taken out by a heart attack. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. Well, you know what? You really kind of could have. And that's what we do for a living. That's what Tyler and I do. We're looking for that guy. We're looking for that guy that's going to try to die from cancer, and we're going to catch it. <laughs> try to die from cancer. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, I guess, yeah, without what it getting is. the checkups. Colon, and you know, colon is. cancer is a real deal. Nobody should die from colon cancer. We start, you know, we start screening for colon cancer early enough. Did you know colonoscopies, which, by the way, a third of men never get, unfortunately. A colonoscopy is the only cancer screening test that actually cures the cancer that it is looking for. But one-third of men never get it done because, for obvious reasons, they're scared of it. They don't want to get it done. But colon cancer is intensely curable with a simple little test. Yeah. So, Tyler, how did you get involved with this? I mean, with your residency not being in this type of medicine practice, how did you get involved? Right. So it's kind of been a, a long, short journey. And so I finished residency last year. And from there, I springboarded to Our Lady of the Lake and um, went into the traditional medicine practice. And I was building a clinic. And during that time period, um, I started a conversation with Curtis. And he was in, I was introduced to him um, by Dr. Craven. And so we kind of had a few conversations. And I started to shadow him in clinic and work with him and see kind of what he did. And, you know, I saw the relationship he had with patients. He knew them on a personal level. He knew their family. And whenever his patients would come in, sometimes they would bring a family member. Sometimes they would bring their wife. And they would have really wholehearted discussions and long-term discussions and long discussions about their health and really what's going on. And I got to see the amount that these guys opened up to Curtis. And that really struck home for me. I knew that was the right thing to do. And so that's really what engaged me is people coming to the doctor. You know, they have a little bit of a shell. Everybody has a little bit of a shell. But it takes time to break that down. And you can't break it down in the first three minutes, five minutes, whenever you're rushed to get blood pressure and your vitals taken and then see the doctor and then go home. It takes time. And so we afford our patients the time and the ability to do that. And we can have these conversations about the thing that's going on now or the thing that they're worried about in 10 years, or the thing that happened to their dad whenever he was 60. Mm -hmm. And so we can have all of those conversations in a span of a visit. And, you know, I have, I see patients throughout the day, a few patients a day, but I'm also talking to probably at least twice as many patients on the phone about their test results, about their coronary scan, about their last physical, if they need to go get a, um, a colonoscopy, for example, uh, if they're having like an acute issue with a sinus infection. I can handle that over the phone, and my residency did a good job of training us how to take care of stuff over the phone because it was during the COVID time period. And so really we've done a good job of translating that to our clinic now. That way we can keep guys in the office, in their business, doing their thing, and we can keep them going. And when needed, they can come in, whether it's on the acute side or whether it's for a yearly visit. And so it's a pretty efficient, well-oiled system, and so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I know that the texting has got to be a huge time saver for guys. You know, just going in between meetings or hopping in the car, driving to their next appointment, and just call you up. Hey, got a quick question for you. And I mean, another thing with men having those open and honest discussions with the doctors, it can be tough because we don't even know what to tell them. You know, when you go to your when you go to a normal doctor's appointment, they walk in with your chart, they read through it and go, OK, yeah, you got this. You got this. Tell me about your family. Tell me about any any history of, of problems with your family. Whereas for y'all, it's probably like, what's your dad's name? Where'd he grow up? What'd he do? You get that personal touch 
that goes beyond just your typical patient providing doctor because they've got 3,000 patients they've got to see. They don't have that time to learn about your family history. Oh, well, your dad at this age or your grandfather at this age was having some trouble. Why don't we start looking into this for you as well? Because as a, as a regular plain male, I don't even know what to tell you about or what to ask about. Right. A cool thing about this clinic, I will say, is that there's a few families that have generations that come and see us. Mm-hmm. And so it's cool to see the grandfather and then the father and then the son come to see us. And we can really map out what life should look like for them and what to, what threats are down the road, what snakes they need to jump over down the road. And so that's a really special relationship that we get to see, kind of the whole gamut of a family, for example. We opened up a junior membership for half the annual fee. We said, we want your sons. You wouldn't believe how many guys jumped on that and said, I want my son, 22 years old, to start coming here now to learn how to, how to start taking care of himself. We were floored. We were, sh- we were shocked at the number of people that we got. That, uh, and think about it. You know, college students need a vaccine here and there. They need a, a, a travel thing filled out. And it, it takes them days or weeks to get it in the, in the normal way. But they call our office, hey, you know, can you, my son needs this form filled out. Done. Just bring it in. We'll take a, take a quick look at it. It just doesn't take that long. It's not that difficult. And another thing with the clinic is, you know, we get to know these patients and these guys, but also our nurses and our front desk staff really know them as well. And so they get to learn their first names. And as they're walking through the door, hey, how's it going? You know, something by their first name. How's it going, Patrick? And the nurses know them too. So as they're checking them in, they kind of know, you know, that strike up an easy conversation, which immediately eases everybody in the room, everybody in the clinic. And So for guys who are, you know, already wound up and anxious you walk in the room and hey how was your florida trip and it's like you know just bring it on down and everything's good and and we come walking in and we're like hey man what's going on and you know and make it safe for them to talk so quick little story i was talking to a, a patient of mine the other day and i noticed that his father had died late 50s 58 years old and I was just, you know, it's one of those things. If your father dies at 58 and this guy was late 50s already, and I'm looking at the, his chart and I said, he's 58. I said, do you, do you ever worry about yourself? Patrick, this man stopped and he couldn't, always couldn't control himself. And he just busted out and started, he lost it. He started tearing up and crying. He goes, I think about it every day. He goes, my father and I sat on the couch every Sunday afternoon and watched baseball. And one day we were eating popcorn. I looked over and I thought, hey, my dad's asleep. But he wasn't asleep. He had died right in front of his son watching baseball on a Sunday afternoon. And that had traumatized him so much. And he had died at 58 and this guy was 56, 57. And he was carrying that around every moment of every day, worried. And I said, you're worried about it? He goes, I think about it every day as he's choking back the tears. I said, well, let's go find out. Let's go find out if you got coronary disease. And I did a special test called a CT angiogram, which is actually a non-invasive heart cath. So we inject some dye in the veins, and in eight minutes, we got a, the most beautiful picture of his coronaries that you could ever imagine on a computer. Perfect coronaries. Do you know every year... On, the anniver- on his birthday anniversary, he sends me a card thanking me for freeing him from this fear that he carried around for so many years. He's scared to death that he was going to have a heart attack like his dad did. You can't do that. It's hard to do that in a nine-minute visit. Yeah. you got to have that ability to ask that proper question and have the time to say, you know, what are you worried about? Tell me what you're worried about. You never know what they're going to say. And our job is to, is to close that gap and relieve that, that anxiety and, and take that away. I'm, I've been having these squirrely symptoms in my chest, and my brother-in-law had these same symptoms, and he had a heart attack. So you're afraid you're having a heart Yeah, I'm afraid I'm, I got a heart attack. Well, let's go find out. Same thing with pancreatic cancer. My uncle had pancreatic cancer. I'm scared, but let's go find out an ultrasound i can do that absolutely you can do that we'll set it up right now go 
It's wonderful. It's the way, it's what I dreamed about in fourth grade when I said, I want to be a doctor. What made you want to be a doctor in fourth grade? You know, people ask me that question, and it's just such a goofy answer. I can't believe I'm saying this, but my friend Michael Bloodworth, hey, Michael, uh, he and I, we were to school. His mother was a scrub tech at our Lay of the Lake Hospital, and she came to show and tell in fourth grade, dressed in her scrubs, and she brought all the surgical instruments, instruments and she was showing everybody what it, and it just, that was it. I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be a doctor. I mean, I liked my pediatrician. He was cool. And back in that, back in the day, he would actually come to our house. And that day I made up my mind. I said, I want to be a doctor. And I go through my, in my sixth grade graduation thing, it says, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. I mean, straight through. I never took a business class. I never took any other classes. It was for me, it was straight through. I never even changed my mind. Some people, well, you're lucky. You, you knew what you wanted to do. I didn't know. I just guessed. And when I was in high school, they told me what kind of grades I had to make in college. I was like, uh-oh. And now I've told everybody I want to be a doctor. I can't back out now. So. got to work hard. I worked hard. I did. I was not, I was not the smartest guy, but I wasn't going to let myself not make it. Figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. When do you want to be a doctor? So you know me. Um, growing up in middle school, you would have asked me what I wanted to have been. And, you know, we made PowerPoint presentations on this, you know, very rudimentary. Right. It was a professional <laughs> fisherman. I wanted to get a bass boat and go fishing every weekend. And so that's always that. kind of lingered in the background. Really? Yeah, we've been oh, wow. fishing together before. And so as I kind of went through school, get into high school for me, it kind of solidified. I had a few experiences with physical therapists and doctors and such. And, you know, they were go-to members of the community and very trusted, well-respected. I had a good relationship with them. And then in high school, I had a really great biology teacher, Dr. Bourgeois. How's it going? And so, um, <laughs> Bourgeois Boudreaux. And so she really, she would talk about her experiences as a veterinarian and her colleagues and things like that. And so um, those experiences compare, or combined with mathematics and science, you know, I, I knew it was me. And so went off to college. Whenever you're in college, you got to figure yourself, yourself out again. And so that happened to me in first year had to really commit to it. And so really solidified, got through organic chems, and here we are. Yep. So I would say high school. High school. Okay. So from a younger age, you kind of had this, both of y'all kind of had this headstrong thought of, I want to be a doctor, I want to be in the medical field. You know, that was kind of the driving factor of all your decisions from there on. It sounds so cliche, but it is true. It's a calling. We want to, we want to help people. I've talked to, to, to Tyler about this. We both had that same feeling. It's just this need to help people. And you realize pretty quickly when you get out into the healthcare field, it's a business. And you have to you have to be part of the business. We didn't learn about healthcare business when we were in residency. We learned how to take care of sickness. So suddenly your first day in clinic and you're and you're a real doctor now, you gotta be prepared to do the business part. And sometimes the business is runs a little counter to what you would otherwise do to, to take care of sick people. And it's difficult. And we weren't, I wouldn't, wasn't ready for that. How did you combat that? Um, God, that's a great question. I just put, I just, like you said, I powered through. I just did what I felt I needed to do and I had to learn we, we, I just had to learn how to do the business part. Having just, you just kind of figure it out after a period of time. That's how you put food on your table. That's how you put your kids through school. You got to figure it out pretty quickly. As much as I would love to sit there and spend 30 minutes with every single patient back in the day, before I switched, we switched this membership model. You had to learn how to get your business done with a patient, get it prioritize their needs, wants, and desires, and, and move on. Drop the proper code because in, in that world, there's a third party that's paying the bill that you're trying to. And, and, and remember, we're employed at the time. We're employed by an entity, and it's our fiduciary duty to, do, to bill correctly for our time. We weren't taught that in school. 
Yeah. You gotta filling out time cards. You gotta figure it out pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the conversation around the practical application in the workforce versus in the education field is like there's that disconnect of those logistics side of things, the logistics of filling out the time cards, filling out the the reports of what the cost of some of this stuff is. I mean, from your perspective, is there anything within the, the medical education y'all both going through it that you wish you had, that you weren't taught, I guess, on the business side of things? I wouldn't change anything. You know, I, I didn't mind kind of figured it would have been nice to have had a um, at least a small piece where somebody kind of educated you on what you were fixing to get into. Tyler, you mean? I would say, you know, some other residency programs had a little bit more focus on billing, but that kind of distracts from patient care. And so really in residency, you want to see as many people as possible. You want to read as much as possible. And so... There's no other way to do it except for to experience and get out there and, and be raw and learn it on your own. And so we didn't learn as much about billing in residency. I think that was just fine for me because we had a good team where I started last year to help back me, to look at my charts, to look at coding, and to help me learn as a physician how to code appropriately and to learn from that perspective. And I'm sure there's it could be different from hospital to hospital or clinic to clinic. Right. The billing could be different. So learning on the job is probably more beneficial than having in a classroom full of here's how you do billing and things change over the years from 2020 to 2021 to 2022 billing has changed different icd 9 and 10 codes have changed and so you can learn one thing and then it might change the next year and so everything's kind of fluid so you have to whether you learn in a residency or not you have to be your mind has to be able to learn something new and that's kind of what we do every day is learning something new hearing a different story every day yeah but I, I'm not going to lie. There, there is an inherent conflict in all the doctors that I've ever met between doing what our calling, what we were called to do, and then the business side. We do it for free. I, I, I promise you, if you lined up 100 of my doctor colleagues inside, if we could put our kids through school and pay the bills, we would do it for free. Problem is, obviously, you can't do it for free, but that's <laughs> right. But some nobody's going to do this for you. Nobody's going to figure out the business part for you as a physician. You've got to do it yourself, and we just had to do it. It's distasteful, but you got to do it. Yeah, at, at some point there becomes a line in which you've got your own bills, you've got your own exactly expenses that you have to pay for, and if you don't, if you provide a free service, the money's got to come from. Well, somewhere. and there's a lot of doctors because you don't set you, me, Tyler colleagues we didn't set the prices somebody else sets those prices and a lot of times when you put your code down and you see that bill going out you go am i really worth that i mean i spent nine minutes with this patient back in the old day pre pre-membership model and you go god man i don't know that that doesn't feel right to me you know i i, I think that's too much but you don't get that vote it's a cho it's 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 pretty black and white. Yeah. The number the, the code goes in, the charge goes in, it goes off to be billed to a third party payer like Blue Cross, Humana, people, whatever, and somebody else takes care of that reimbursement. And every two weeks, he and I get we, we get a paycheck and we kinda don't know where it came from for the most part. It just happens. Yeah. But our job is to put a code in the box and move on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's strange. It really is strange. I mean, it's... I mean, in, in most worlds, you go do a job and you get paid by the person that you did the job for. Right. In our world, you're working for somebody, but a third person pays you. Some other entity that you don't even have a relationship with, that's where the, the money's coming in. It's, it's and, and very they're getting, they're getting paid from the patient. And they're getting paid by the patient, paying premiums. Mm -hmm. It's if you think about it too much, it our job is to stay with the patient. It's, it's stay with the patient, do our job, and the rest just sort of takes care of itself. So you've been a doctor far longer than this than this specific clinic has been open. What made y'all kind of move into this model? And when <laughs> when and when did you make the shift? Twenty sixteen is when I shifted to the membership model but I moved to an all-male 
primary care business in 1998 when I got the tap to become the president of Our Lady of the Lake Physician Group, which at that time was about 165 physicians. It was a privilege for me to be chosen to do that. And my goal was to grow that physician group from 165 to some bigger number. That was in 1998. And at that moment, I realized as a physician with 3,000 patients, I can't do two jobs and have a full practice, so I had to cut it in half. Well, nobody can, no doctor can go down a roster of patients and decide who they want to keep and who they need to let go. But I had to let go half of my patients for me to be able to do both of these jobs and do it well. And I happened to see an article that said, it was a lead article of Time or lead article of uh, Newsweek. I can't remember, but it's Why Women Live Longer Than Men. Wow. That's it. Why not just pick a gender? I'm going to be an all-male doctor, all-male primary care. And I wrote letters to 1,700 women that I was taking care of at the time. And I said, I'm going to do an all-male practice. And that was in about 19, in about 2000. Okay. So I had an all-male traditional primary care practice for about 16 years. In about 2016, I started having this concept of doing the membership model because it just started to make sense for me. I felt like if I could change the business model and create the equivalent of a hunting camp or a, or a, a workout facility and charge this membership, that I could get men to truly come out and take care of themselves. At that point, I had grown my all-male primary care practice to almost 3,000 patients again, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> so I sent out a letter saying, hey, I got this great idea. For, for, for $2,000 a year or $175 a month, you're going to join this membership and you're going to get extreme access, you're going to get convenience, you're going to get efficiency, you don't have to. And I said, I, no, everybody's going to show up. I mean, half of these 3,000 guys are going to get, they're going to get it. They're going to show up. You know how many people showed up on the first day? 160. I was going to guess 100. 160. <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Well, uh, I'm happy to tell you that it just took a little while because it was so disruptive and it was so radical and it was so different. They couldn't get their hands around it. But then they started figuring it out. Access, convenience, don't have to leave work, get a comprehensive physical for the price of your cell phone, which is about exactly about what it costs. Because people say, that's just for rich people. I go, do you have a cell phone? They go, yeah. I go, same price as your cell phone. It's really not that out of reach. It's really what you value. Do you value your health? Do you value? So they started to figure it out when they realized I can either continue to wait in a waiting room for an hour and not be able to get a call back from my doctor's office, or I can join this and get instantaneous access and get a real rich relationship because what's the most important thing? Your health and looking out for these things. And all of a sudden it took off. And as we're sitting here now, we're at 480 members and looking at probably what, Tyler, 600 that we would. That's the goal. We get to, and it's happening. It's so, the momentum's happening. So, and there's a cap, or is there a cap for y'all, or is that just until y'all are able to bring in another doctor? Well, for, for the two of us, I, you know, we've talked about it, whether 600 is the right number or 650, we'll know it. Look, we're flying by the seat of our pants right now, man. <laughs> I mean, this is radical. This is totally different. There's nobody else doing this. All male membership practice. My capital partner is Our Lay of the Lake, and they have been awesome. I mean, they have really provided me with the resources that we need to do this. And it is really taking off and men are coming out from all over the place. And lately we've been getting about a, a new member a day, which has never been, it's never, I don't know what's happening, but I think what they're trying to figure out, what they're starting to figure out is access is the most important thing. We want an answer when we need an answer. You know, you go out on the golf course, you're playing with a buddy, and, and the guy goes, uh, God, man, I'm just waiting for a phone call back. And again, remember, 
not the doctor's fault. It's just the it's just it's, this, it's, it's just the business model. It's the model. process. It's the system. It's what it is. I, I'm waiting for the doctor. Man, I can't get a call back. They won't call me back. And one of my guys is playing golf with him. He goes, "Man, you're crazy. You should be, you should be going to Lake Men's Health. You see Tyler. See Chastain. Man, you need to be." He goes, "Really? What? Tell me about that." Next thing you know, he's in. He comes just like that. It's we're not even having a hardly market. It, the and, word of mouth is getting out there. And I think that's another thing about the the mindset of a man is if we hear from it from one of our buddies we're more inclined to look into it to go after it to seek out whatever it is they recommended as opposed to our wife saying call tyler and chastain is that valid is that validation <laughs> yeah the it's, endorsement it, from your yes, fellow man yes right. it is, the endorsement because then you're on their level right there y'all are both acknowledging i go to the doctor i have a doctor i talk with them i mean you probably ask anybody within tyler and i's age demographic and we don't know who a primary, no one knows who no we don't know who their doctor we don't yeah. know who our doctor is we don't know yeah. who our primary physician is or where we go to we don't even know who to call exactly at that point and that's why guys like you and I historically have access urgent care so much you know yeah. fairly mm -hmm. healthy guys and True. maybe once a year you get the sniffles or a sinus infection you go to urgent care but why not have someone in your back pocket that can that knows you and can treat you over the phone or bring you in if they need to and and take care of you in the moment and do a twice as good as a job as urgent care can. It goes back to that that annual exam, right? That annual check-in that guys probably, pride, some guys probably pride themselves. I've never been to the doctor in five, six, seven, eight, ten years. Never been to the doctor. I'm healthy as a horse or whatever they want to that say. That means they're hiding something. That's what that really means. Yeah. Right. And so within, within relative terms to me, it's you follow your taxes every year when I get a health checkup every year. Well, or some I'll things you them. only do once a year, make getting your health checked in as one of them. I'll ask them, I'm looking at your business. How are you, how are you doing in your business? Oh, I'm doing great. And I said, good. I'm happy for you. Really happy for you. Let me ask you a question. Do you do, do you check financials? They go, yeah, you know, once a month. I go, how would you be able to run your business where you're not checking in once a month to know where you're going? How do you know if you're making money? I mean, imagine you look and say, well, I mean, I got a lot of cars in the parking lot. <laughs> I mean, well, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean nothing. Half of them are stealing I from mean, you. Look at the guys that look good, and I can give you half a dozen that look good who are either not here anymore, or have had triple bypasses, or have had cancers, and have survived or not survived. But it happens. You cannot look at somebody and tell what their coronary arteries look like, or whether they've got a thyroid cancer or a kidney cancer. I mean. I mean, it just, and it doesn't happen often, Patrick. It doesn't happen often. And it's not just things like heart disease and cancers that we discover. I mean, I ask a guy, you know, how's it going? He goes, well, it's going great, but um, I think I drink too much. Really? Let's talk about it. What do you, why do you think that? We'll have a 20-minute conversation about him believing I've got to do something about my drinking. And what he's got is I can reflect back to him and give him my feedback, whether he's right or not right, and not be not feel judged. Right. Not feel judged. Tell me about, well, here's what most guys are like. Here's what most guys are doing. Trouble in the bedroom. <laughs> Half a dozen times a week. How do I measure up? You know, here's, here's what happens to me. Oh, man, that happens to everybody. Oh, thank you. That's all I need to hear. You know, just just no judgment. Yeah. And it's, guys need that. They just need it. They, they need that, that sense of camaraderie that they can go and call up, hey, Tyler, I got this thing going on. You got a few minutes to talk? Yeah, sure, what it is. What it is. And then you just explain it to them. We're competitive. Absolutely. We're competitive, and we want to know where do we, where do we, how do we measure up? Something you hit right. on is that I almost feel like we need to make a list of things to expect as guys. You know, going to the bathroom at night. You mentioned bedroom That's good. problems. Yep. We almost need to make like a whiteboard like you have, Patrick, and say like, these are the things that we need to look at or maybe expect in the future. And if they're going on, maybe we can deal with it. Maybe we need to address it. And so a, long, a lot of times if they just have the confirmation that it's not wildly abnormal, sometimes guys are happy that we've just heard that problem before. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay, right. I'm not the first one. Well, and would then you, it's smooth sailing after that. Would we rather them learn it from Men's Health Magazine, which is 
you know is embellished a lot or hear it from a professional who has the medical data to back it up. Who would you rather get that information from? I mean, I always thought men's health was, you know, infallible. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at the cover. You can never measure up to what's in that magazine ever. So you're constantly thinking, "I'm uh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. no. There's not. There's not. You're good. You're fine." I think that's another element of us guys. We've got that competitive sense in our in our core nature yep. to be competitive, to be better than the next person, whatever it may be, physically, mentally, financially, whatever it is, we've got that edge within us to be better than the next guy. And seeing those images or seeing those covers of what they say is this is a man, it's like that's very hard to measure up to. Absolutely. Well and, and not tooting our horn, but you got a board certified internal medicine doctor here. You got another board certified internal medicine doctor here. I've taken the board three times. Every 10 years, I've got to pass a board exam. You know, you're getting the right information. You're getting current, accurate you know, uh, information that comes from the medical literature. You know, throw something out there. Uh, supplements. Should I, hey, should I be taking supplements? Hey, you know, do you, is, do you think my testosterone's okay? Every question imaginable, we've got the accurate medical data. You don't have to go read about it in some magazine. Or watch some Instagram or TikTok influencer tell you how to get shredded in 12 weeks. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I look. Well, I get this all the time. Hey, look, before you, before you say anything, I, I know I need to lose weight. Well, I don't know that you need to lose weight. Let's look at your numbers. Let's look at your lab work. Lab work's perfect. You're not diabetic. The liver's okay. Everything's good. Now, why do you need to lose weight? You kidding me? I go, no, why do you need to lose weight? Well, I, I thought I'd be healthier. Oh, well, I'm looking at your lab work. It's it's beautiful. Tell me why you need to lose weight. And you just see them. They're just starting to get all. And, and finally, they'll say it. They'll say, well, I just don't like the way I look in the mirror. And I go, thank you. Don't make me the heavy. Why are you trying to make me tell you to lose weight? You already know you need to lose weight. You're 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 fine on paper. If you want to lose weight, Go lose weight. I'll tell you how to do it the right way. And that just, they just relax. They realize, because they were so geared up thinking I was going to tell them to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. Now you lose 20 pounds, your color, your screens will come way back, way better. Well, they may need, need, they may need to lose 20 pounds, but they've got to figure out their own why. Because if I tell them the likelihood they're going to lose 20 pounds is about 10%. But if they figure it out and they say, I need to lose, I need to lose weight because, and that's our job. Our job is to help them see why they need to lose weight and they own it. Then they're more likely to do it. Same can, thing with prescribing blood pressure medicine, same thing prescribing cholesterol medicine or diabetes medicine. They are not going to take those medications until they understand the why. And that's when you have 40 minutes to talk to somebody you can teach them why this pill is important. Why am I having to do this? Other, that's way they can own it. We've had patients who wanted to pay us just so they don't have to take a medication. And, you know, if we can tap into the reasoning why they need to and convince them that they need to, that's all that they need. They need the encouragement. They need the support. But really they have to find within themselves why, what's their driving force. And a lot of times it's family. Um, a lot of times it's longevity. And so if we can tap into that, then our job is a lot easier. We can make the recommendation, write the prescription, and we don't have to force them to take it. They're accepting of it, and then it's just a way smoother journey going down the road. We're a whole lot more inclined to do something if it was our idea first. Exactly. Exactly. Ask exactly. all of our wives. We, we go back and we talk <laughs> about this all the time. We, we are hunters. He and I are hunters. We're looking for disease, and then we coach. We're hunters, and then we coach, and that's and you can't do that in eight minutes. No, you just can't. And it the 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 business model is not set up for that to happen. And I I believe that it's 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 really really the momentum is building tremendously. Oh, a hundred percent. It is all within the shift of people want that more personal care and attention rather than just get in and get out as quickly as possible. They want almost like a doctor liaison to walk them through this entire process of health. 
how to become better or maintain their good levels if they've already got them. They want that personal care and attention. They want that ability to text you, to call you, to FaceTime you rather than coming in. And even if it's in the afternoons or odd hours, they want that access. And that's where with people becoming more aware of how valuable their time is, where it's all going to go within the medicine field. In the inpatient side of things, it's very similar. Some people pay for a patient care assistant. And so they'll stay with the patient, and that way they can intercept doctors whenever they walk into the room. Because a lot of times, whenever you're in the hospital, you have multiple teams coming to see you. So sometimes for a parent or a family member, it's impossible to catch all those doctors. Where if you have an assistant who's watching over the patient the whole time, you can intercept all that information. And it just goes to show you, clinic side, hospital side, everybody's hungry for knowledge, hungry for an answer, hungry for a cure. And we can help bridge that gap in the outpatient side of things. And it's also making sure you get the same doctor every time, right? That helps. Because some, I mean, I think I went and saw a primary care physician two years ago or something like that. Now he's gone from the hospital. I'm like, <laughs> now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have the same, you don't have the same person in these particular normal situations as you do with this model. Well, the, the next step in what we're building now is how can we continue to reinvent this? How can we continue to build value for your membership fee? So we've partnered with various places in the uh, in the community like Varsity Sports and some other places and say, hey, Tyler and I are going to run with Varsity Sports running group Thursday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Meet us at Maxwell's. We're going to run together. And they, we go run together. You know, I, I can envision putting together a, a you know, getting a, a friend of ours who's a, you know, a patient of ours who's a chef. Let's teach them how to make quick and easy men's meal. Whoever wants to come, come on. We get 20 guys in there, and and there's just so many ways that we can continue to bring value for no additional, just, you know, our friend Mike Hackett said it best. We are trying to build a community of men who finally understand that taking care of themselves is a priority. It's not, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And it, it's a community of men who find that, Going to the going to the doctor is cool. Yeah, it's not bad. It's fun, and it it becomes this exactly that a community of men within this group that all can lean on each other and help lift each other up and be supportive of one another. Y'all did an, an event a couple of weeks ago at Mercedes Benz that I was at. It was fantastic mm-hmm. that seeing that community of men around men's health and being open and asking questions and just yep. pure gen, genuinely concerned and curious about their health. And also, from y'all's approach, it's, well, whatever your position you're in, whether we're your doctor, somebody else your doctor, these are the questions you need to ask, and this is the stuff you need to look in to achieve that longevity yeah, of life. we are very careful to do that. We're not out there, you know, pump, you got to come to us. you got to yeah. come to us. We're not looking uh, to we, poach too We much. would love it if you would come to us, but we're not going to poach other doctors' patients. Our job is to educate you to go back to your primary care physician, and these are the questions that you need to ask. It's like getting the answers to the test. It's like, thank you, thank you. And and they can, in, stream, in, that, in their nine-minute visit, they can make that visit a lot more complete if they, if they, if they have the answers to the test. And in that particular, the questions to ask, like what I was saying earlier, we don't even sometimes know what to ask exactly. to look into. So if we can build that community of men who find it cool to get health care and we can help teach them how to take care of themselves, it's no different than a wealth manager teaching you how to build your investment portfolio so that you can successfully retire one day. Everybody thinks that's fine. We We accept that. Everybody goes there we we understand that but nobody has taken that approach in healthcare it's exactly the same and in fact at the at the meeting that you were referencing that's what we had we had about 30 business people investors and all of them were hungry they were looking for this momentum to build wealth that's all they that and that's what that meeting was about they were they were meeting to come up with ideas to do investment deals and all that. And we were the so-called, we were sort of the entertainment, if you will. (laughs) And so I stood up in front of them and said, you know, I don't know anything about what you do. I mean, I know a little bit about what you do. And I understand 
the drive and the and the hunger, as you said, Tyler, to, to build wealth because that's what they were there for. These were 35 to 55-year-old gentlemen. I said, but what I do know is if you don't have your health in order, you can forget about it because along comes a sudden cardiac arrest. Along comes the cancer. You can't have one and not know about the other. You could have heard a pin drop in that room. And we showed them pictures. We showed them the pathway to achieve total health, whether they came to us or, or did it with their own. Pro- we don't really care. But that, we're, giving them, we're giving them the recipe. We're giving them the answers to the test. And after that meeting was over, Patrick, we stayed an hour and answered question after question after question after question. And you can just feel it. Guys need this. And I love it. I, f- I feel like we're doing something extraordinary. I really do. Yeah, because that goes back to that calling. Yes. That you just mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy yes. helping yes. men along their health career. And, and I'm it, tired of hearing about men are so, they never take care. I'm tired of hearing that. We've adjusted the business model so that they will come, and I think they will come. They're going to start to come more and more and more. We're opening up that door, and they're feeling the draw. As Hackett said, they're coming because they're part of that community. 100%. I think what Michael has created is multiple points of contact. And so at that meeting that we had last week, I was kind of looking out in the crowd. Everybody was kind of hanging out after we spoke. And there was probably six different groups, and everybody kind of knew each other. I mean, no more than two degrees of separation. That can be largely said for Baton Rouge in general. But within that meeting specifically, everybody knew each other. Patrick knew someone. John knew someone. Michael knew someone. And so there was these groups talking about everything, their businesses, their family lives, their, their health conditions, what we talked about. And everybody was just grooving with each other. Yeah. And it was a good community just within, it was like a microcosm of what we're trying to build just in that one event. I was like, wow. I think all three of us at that event and all four of us were really empowered. We had a real good energy coming out of that. And yeah. so we feel like we made a little bit of a difference just in that one night. So, And I think that working with, Small group after small group after, just take it one small group at a time, and and try not to, you know, have too many moving parts. Just have small group, send the message, let the rest take care of itself. Absolutely. So for people interested in getting a hold of y'all or getting in touch with you, what is the best way to make that happen? Gosh, uh, you just look up Lake Men's Health. You know, if you put in Lake Men's Health on uh, any browser, it's going to go straight to. Uh, straight to our office. We are physically in Medical Plaza 1 at Our Lady of the Lake. We're sitting right next door to the hospital, and you alluded to the hospital earlier. If, on the rare occasion, we do have a patient, that, a client of ours that is admitted to the hospital, we can just walk right next door and, and, and say hello, do a social visit, and be right there with them. And uh, so... We're physically right there on the Our Lady of the Lake campus. We're on the first floor. Really easy to get to. Office, I mean, offices looks like a, a deer camp, really. I know. It's pretty <laughs> incredible. It's got a deer, I mean, it looks like a hunting camp. It's That's the way we want the feel to be. And, you know, on any at any given moment in time, I we probably don't have more than, what, one or two people in the waiting room. Max two, yeah. You know? And it's so funny because, you know, a guy comes in and another guy comes in, hey, like, Hey, I didn't know you came here. And next thing you know, there's networking going on in our yep. in our waiting room. It's awesome. It's just so much fun. We have a coffee pot. We it's, it's wonderful. A few weeks ago, we had a dentist and a veterinarian, and us two in there. Like, hey, I need to come see you. Hey, I need to come see you. Yeah. And so everybody's <laughs> kind of cool. connecting and reconnecting and and talking about stuff outside of medicine. So it's a community within a community. It really is. Yep, that's pretty cool. I love that. So as we close out the show, we've got four set list of questions we like to ask everybody. Um, the first one is, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? And we'll start with Dr. Chastain. Baseball. I want to play baseball again. That was so much fun. Okay. Baseball. Tyler. Is that, is that, is that, that yeah, that's it. That's that, it. Okay. That's I mean, it. that's just the first thing that popped that, into my head. That's, that's the answer. First thing that pops All in right. your head. First thing in my head would be kneeboarding. In Callaway Gardens, whenever I was about 14, I fell into the water. My arm got caught in the rope. Jerked my arm, tore my bicep, so I'm done with kneeboarding. So, wish I could do it, but I'm just not going to do it. Yep. You can get back at it. Probably so, but it's a risk. 
I, just, I see like I you, be vulnerable, you need Patrick. to get in you need to get in a doctor's baseball league. Yeah. And, you, and you need to go kneeboard on a lake. You know, the engineers not have the softball river. league going. I think we need to recreate that. Yeah. yeah. I love baseball. It's so much fun. It's not like the the baseball of old, not like baseball today. We didn't have 50 games a year. I mean, it's a lot of games. I mean, we've had maybe two games a week. That was it. And you thought about it all week long. Couldn't wait to get out to, you know, the, you know, the, the field on um, Kenilworth or at Sharp Road or whatever. And it was, it was perfect. It was really perfect. Well, got to find a league that makes it work for you. Yeah. So what are three lessons y'all have learned along the way? You've got, you know, coming up on 30 years of experience. And Tyler, you've got a short but fast-moving experience. I'm yep. curious to hear the, the lessons gathered along y'all's route. Gosh. Um, why don't you take this one first? You got it? Okay, I got one at least. All right, go. <laughs> Mention the word vulnerable. I think everybody mm-hmm. needs to be vulnerable at some point in their life. Yesterday, I was vulnerable with physical therapist, and we had a moment. And so I think everybody needs that, whether you're the patient, whether you're the provider, whether you're just a family member or a friend, everybody needs that, or else you're not going to share your story. It's not going to be heard, and you're going to miss stuff, and you're going to sweep it under the rug, and it's going to blow up one day. Vulnerable. You know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to copy you, but I think one of the lessons that I learned is to be honest and transparent. And when a guy comes in and says, I'm having fill in the blank, there's nothing wrong with me saying, yeah, that happened to me too. Yeah. I'm just like you. And, and being able to to say, I think being able to be the, the, the teacher, you know, be like you said, and, and be free to, to be vulnerable. Sorry. I don't mean to take off, but that's a really good one. That really is a good one. I, I think that is truly a powerful and important thing for men to realize and not easy not easy, not easy by at any all. stretch of the imagination well they of, think about it most people put this their doctors up on this pedestal like they you know they can't even hardly talk to them and i'm sitting there saying and they say you know i've had uh trouble in the bedroom i go yeah join the club you know and everybody does i mean sometimes you're just not on your game and they're like why you know huh? it just decompresses everything so they know i'm okay I'm really okay. And so I think that's that's a lesson is to be honest, transparent, and vulnerable. I think that was a great one, Tyler. I mean, um, I think another one is riding the wave. And so there's been a lot of changes in healthcare and the country, the state, the local, Baton Rouge. And so if we can ride the wave, not to mention the waves of COVID that have been crashing upon us from since 2020. And so if you've built a pretty long-standing clinic here. I'm happy to be a part of it. If we can ride that wave, I think we're on a pretty good wave right now, and we're we're coasting through. And yeah. so, I'm enjoying the ride, um, going through many rides within a ride. And so it's been fun. I think for me, it's to stay grounded. I um, started 15, 18 years ago. I go home for lunch every single day. I spend time with with my wife Chanel, my beautiful wife Chanel. We eat lunch every day together, and. And that helps us be able to say, you know, understand what's going on in, in our world. And, and even though I've got this professional world, I've got my husband, father world as well. I have four kids, four grandchildren, and that world is very, very, very important to me. And I can't just go to work all day and then come home and ex- expect after a long day to be able to but coming home for lunch every single day keeps me grounded. I think that's a great lesson that I've learned. And not everybody can do that. I get it. But for me, it's very important to me. Absolutely. Yeah, that going home for lunch thing is is nice. Man, I call it touching base. I go home, and remember back when we played tag when we were little kids, mm-hmm. and you just run to base, mm-hmm. and you're safe? And I run home, I'm touching base, I'm safe. Even though every now and then I get a couple of pages or phone calls, but for the most part, I'm insulated in the middle of my day, and it gives me energy to go back in the afternoon and hit it, mm-hmm. and I'm good. So... What is something y'all love about Baton Rouge? Gosh. Um, LSU sports, I mean, just popped into my, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I hear the LSU fight song. I mean, the energy that you get from LSU sports is great. I love it that you're an hour, you know, less than an hour away from hunting and fishing. I mean, you can get, you, you can, 
you can be in any kind of sporting area within less than an hour. I love being able because I'm a real outdoors person. But um, and there's just such a variety of things to be able to do. I would say something I said earlier: the two degrees of separation. I feel like everybody knows everybody in the city, and so that's good for the most part. And so you got to watch yourself. But you know, if we go to the grocery store, or you go to a restaurant, I'm always kind of looking for someone that I know. In- inevitably, it's going to happen. We're going to find someone and reconnect. But everybody knows everybody. Whenever we look, look at lists of the who's who of Baton Rouge, you know a friend of a friend who's on that list. And so it's fun to see people kind of rise through. And I'm kind of coming into a position where I'm, I'm finished college, I've finished residency, and now I'm, got, I'm getting to see my colleagues and my friends that I grew up with do great things in the city and in the state in general. And so that's empowering me to kind of keep going, keep fighting, keep building. And so it's fun to see people that you know grow up. Absolutely. And for the final question, what can I do to help you? Well, you're the perfect candidate for what we do. I mean, you look great. You're, you obviously look healthy. You're, um, you're, you're the, you're the guy that we're looking to, to be the voice of, of this, of what we do. And I, I would ask you to continue to touch base with, with us, your doctor, I don't, or do you, are you with us? No, not yet. Okay. I, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I, like, like, I'll I don't care who I'll you go him. to, but. <laughs> not, not going to Tyler. But take, uh. take the time, well, everything we've talked about, be the role model for the guys that are out there listening to you. You'd be that role model. And whether you and just, and be our, our fan, you know, for those people that want to come and do this type of model, that would be great. Absolutely. I would echo that and say, you've come to two of our events so far. We want you to keep coming. Yeah. You're a good face in the crowd. You know people. And just to continue that community, just have the conversations with people in the audience. And, you know, um, we like your questions. We like you talking with people. So you're a good representation. So you're one of the guys that I think of who's grown up in your whole family, all your brothers and sisters. And um, we'd like to have you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so very much for coming on the show. I appreciate the time. Great job, man. And I'm glad we're able to have a good, vulnerable conversation around men's health. It's good. It's really good. Yep. It's time. time. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing what y'all are doing in the community grow and continue to expand beyond Baton Rouge and get people from outside coming in and maybe even convince other doctors to open similar clinics in their area. Yep. So thank you. Great. Thank you all very much for coming on. Thank you, everybody else, for listening or watching whatever platform you're consuming this on. I really appreciate it, and I know the guests do. Look, guys, we sometimes we got to be vulnerable with ourselves and come to the realization that we're not perfect. Maybe there is something wrong with us, and maybe there's somebody that we need to talk to, whether it's mental or physical with these guys. we got to take care of ourselves. If you're in a business, if you're trying to think about a business, or you've got a bombing retirement plan, Don't you want to live to see and enjoy that retirement plan? Health is not something that you want to joke around with. So be sure to take the bull by the horns and do something about it. Talk to somebody. If it's these guys, if it's your own doctor, whomever, just get out there and take care of your health. Well, this has been the latest episode of the Patty G Show. Thank you all so very much. Y'all have a good one and a big, wonderful thank you to the amazing sponsors that make this show possible. Coming your way right Thank you all so very much for listening to this episode of the Patty G Show brought to you by Government Taco. They're located on the corner of Government Street and Jefferson Highway. Jay is always slinging up a new taco of the month. So if you're a frequenter to Government Taco, let us know in the comments what you thought about this month's taco of the month. If you're not a frequenter, maybe trying out this month's taco might just convert you. Big thanks over to them at Government Taco for making the Patty G Show possible. Thank you so very much to our sponsor, Falaya Real Estate. They are the all-in-one real estate platform for you, whether you're buying or selling. They've got options starting out at $399 to sell your home. The average lister saves anywhere from $7,800 on their closing of their home. It's really incredible what they're doing with it. Barrett is amazing at Falaya. Jacob, they're going to help you through the entire process from start to finish and really treat you like family. At Horizon Financial Group, we enjoy helping others achieve greater confidence, clarity, and direction in their lives. We realize everyone's path to financial success is unique. Sometimes you just need a friendly guide along the way. 
Whether it's customized financial planning, individual wealth management, or servicing your company's retirement plan, we've got the team with the experience to help you reach your goals. Horizon Financial Group, helping you provide, protect, and prosper for those counting on you. Visit us at horizonfg.com. Cetera Advisors, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Cetera is a separate entity. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life. Shopping for a car, they're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you so very much to Mallard Bay Outdoors, the Airbnb for the outdoor sportsmen. If you're looking to book a hunt or a fishing trip, this is the platform to use. They were a past guest of the Patty G Show. We got to learn all about what they're doing from the ground up. They are really revolutionizing the booking process for hunts and fish all across the country for your next hunting or fishing experience or maybe your corporate retreat you're looking for something to do for your employees book a hunt or a fishing trip with mallard bay outdoors and they will take care of you every step of the way from organizing it with the guides and the captains to making sure you can take care of them at the end of the trip mallard bay outdoors a proud sponsor of the patty g show Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you are looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners.